Christian Parenting. Support for Paradox comes from the Timothy Center, your online counseling center, no matter where you live. The Timothy Center is a faith-based counseling center in Austin, Texas, offering online teletherapy for those that live in Texas but outside the Austin area. If you have questions and would like to consult with Jimmy, Josh, or one of their licensed professionals, visit them at timothycenter.com. Recording live from Austin, Texas, powered by the Christian Parenting Podcast Network, a conversation about marriage and family that women will love and guys won't want to turn off. Doctors Jimmy Myers and Josh Myers are a paradox. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Paradox. And some of you are hearing those words for the very first time. Other and for use, that, I apologize. Other guys are hearing it for the... Umpteenth million. Well, for the 300-somethings. I, I don't think we have 300 episodes on our belt. Billy said we had more than 300. I know, but he's wrong. Huh. Billy is our former right. audio director, and we love him. We do love him. And but we kicked him off the show. We did. To the curb. The thing is, is all these people listening, they don't know that we don't have 300 shows. So you just go, <laughs> we have 300 shows in the can. They so don't know any different. We are doctors, Jimmy and Josh Myers, and we have a, a, a little bitty podcast, a little bitty niche in niche. the podcast, niche in the podcasting mm-hmm. world. It's called Paradox Podcast. We are both doctors, PhDs in counseling psychology, and like you listened in our intro show, uh, we have had Paradox Podcast, which is a marriage and parenting podcast uh, for the past few years, and we are excited to have our first episode under the umbrella of the Christian Parenting Podcast Network. And speaking of lying to the general public, okay, so I was on staff, right, as a youth minister in two Southern Baptist churches for the first 20 years of my adult working life before starting the Timothy Center, which is our counseling center that we, Josh and I, co-own in 2001. And you have to, in Baptist churches, they have those thrones that the staff is supposed to sit on. And so you're sitting up there, and there's a, there's a tad bit of pressure because you got all those people out there looking at you, and you got the choir behind you staring down your neck. And so this one Sunday, the preacher says, turn to Habakkuk 4.13. I couldn't find, (laughs) how do you do that quickly? And you're a preacher, so you're supposed to have the entire word of God memorized. You opened up Job. So I turned, I flipped it open and I went, you know, licked my thing and it went over a few pages, then stopped Mm -hmm. and then just. Isaiah. That looked out. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was, I was in Zephaniah's, I don't know where I was. (laughs) And so, like I had done on numerous times before, and all of a sudden I get this tap on my shoulder, and the entire choir was staring at me. I looked around, and they were just shaking their heads. Like the, it was, it was one of those moments. You know, in my life. What you'll learn is Jimmy. We're also father son, so dad is that. Jimmy. Jimmy's dad. He ascribes to the motto of "fake it till you make it." You don't have to be confident. It's confident. the illusion. You have, to have the illusion. Of competency. But what was funny is the choir was sitting behind you, behind the veil, so they 
We're and able to read so, your cards. Yes, the whole the whole thing came crashing down. So we are excited about being with the um, Christian Parenting Podcast Network and to kind of bring what we do to this. Uh, we do is if if you've listened to us for very long at all, you know that we do more than just do parenting stuff. We do a lot of marriage relationship stuff. We'll also just look at you know there might be just some cultural stuff going on. Uh, and when that collides with marriage and parenting, you know, we'll we'll bring that up as well. Dad loves to talk about the Republican platform. <laughs> There's another platform. <laughs> I mean, you said the Republican yet. platform, so I was just going, well, what? That's implying there's another one. In three years, I have not revealed my political cards, but Dad loves to. No, you don't vote. I That's vote. your political card. I vote for Mickey Mouse. No, I write in legitimate candidates. Here's the thing: we just wrote we off can't half talk about the politics. people that are listening <laughs> on the very first show. Just move on. So we're going to be talking today uh, with our, with our new friends at Christian Parenting Podcast Network about parenting, and we're talking about undeserved praise. This is actually kind of a big topic. It's been around a while, but it's gone mainstream. I mean, Forbes are putting out articles. The New York Times has put out several articles now. If you Google undeserved praise, I mean, you'll get articles as far as the eye can see. I would have said out the wazoo, but then people would have to Google wazoo Mm. and it would all break down. Why don't you Google image wazoo? So you have undeserved praise. Is it essential, as, as some people would say, or is it debilitating? And I, I want to start this this discussion by by bringing up your sister Molly. Molly is Dad's dog, but he calls my sister. Well, because I'm her daddy, and you're <laughs> I'm your daddy. Yeah. And so she, she's a Molly's I've a never once called you daddy. So she's a Havanese that I love so much more than you or your sisters. Sounds right. And and the other day you go okay. The deal is, is we let Molly out to go to go potty. But if you don't say the phrase "Molly, go potty like a big girl," she 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 doesn't do it. So I let her out. Hey, Molly, potty like a big girl. Have you ever tried that with mom? She's just a little harder to follow commands <laughs> than than Molly is. So I let her out, and I go and I get her a little treat because she gets a treat if she potties like a big girl. And so she turns around, comes back in. And she never even got off the porch, and she's standing at me, wanting a treat. And I thought about well, you. Didn't, you don't get a treat. You didn't potty. You didn't. You didn't do anything to get this treat. And that's when I started equating the way a dog thinks to the way that you thought your entire life, which is you know, children in general, and parents that we give kids praise that's not deserved, and when we do that, sometimes. We lose the purpose, the encouragement purpose of what praise is for. Uh, Richard Rohr, uh, I was reading uh, Falling Upward, and he said we all need to feel special. Big Enneagram guy. I know, and I don't even want to get started on that whole <laughs> stupid, stupid thing. Keep going. It's not stupid. Oh, uh, no. Horoscopes aren't either. And I'm a Capricorn, so so we all feel special. This is what Roar said. He says we need to we need our narcissistic fix. He says by that I mean we all need some success, a response to that success, and positive feedback early in life, or we'll spend the rest of our lives demanding it or bemoaning its lack 
from others. Alexander Pope said, praise undeserved is satire in disguise. So you, you have these two dichotomies between praise, 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 just this unconditional praise that's not really deserved, and then those that don't get any praise or acknowledgement or emotional connection in it, either one. And so we got to find it somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I mean, I think that the truth is in the middle. You know, as you read those dichotomous viewpoints, I, I don't even actually know if they are dichotomous because you can certainly praise, but praise factually. Correct. And we haven't gotten to the solution. Oh, sorry. You just, man, when you don't prepare, you just, you just go you stir, don't tell people straight I don't to prepare. the red meat. So the, the problem... The problem of either too much undeserved praise or no praise at all. If you don't get any praise at all, then you spend the rest of your life seeking your parents' praise, your mother's praise. So, so often, especially in in boys, they spend the rest of their lives trying to get their father's approval. So they got to make more money and they got to have a nicer house and they got to go on nicer vacations all in this attempt to uh, make some sort of balance between them and their father. And yet, if you give, that's if you don't get any praise, but if you give too much praise, then you've raised a snowflake that believes they're so special and they're so gifted. And why do they believe that? Because they were told that since they pooped in their pampers. And so they believe they're so special, so gifted, and then they hit the real world. Yeah. And they're not special well, at all. There's spiritual ramifications in all of this, obviously. Uh, but there's a strong correlation of how we attach to our, learn to attach to our parents. Come on now. And that's how we attached and learned to attach to our Heavenly Father. Someone should have done a dissertation on that. Well, mm. it's part of mm. my dissertation. Mm. But if we have, if we get no praise from our parents, we never feel like they are proud of us or that we do good work or that they love us in some way, well, that's obviously what we're going to take into our relationship with our Heavenly mm-hmm. Father and potentially subsequently distance from Him. Mm-hmm. Other end of the token, uh, you know, if we have this inflated ego, I think the biggest problem is people that, and I, I think us as parents, I have three kids, seven, five, and two, although little Sammy will be three in a couple of weeks. Yeah, I know. We we feel like with our children, there's this blank slate, and we need to just encourage the heck out of them, you know, just to, to build up their ego. But undeserved praise leads to an inflated ego. And I, and I think that if we believe that we are, you know, God incarnate, that we can do no wrong, I think that our children struggle to realize their need for Jesus. Yes. Preach it, brother. And so I think that on both sides of this equation here, this uh, you know too much undeserved praise or not enough, there are spiritual ramifications for your children's spiritual life. And just because I'm really, really smart, I wanted to drop a couple of studies. The first one from Ohio State, and they suggested that constant undue praise of our kids' tiniest accomplishments or even their non-accomplishments, can have unintended side effects in creating what you said a second ago, this overinflated ego. And this can have serious consequences. Both Wait, did Ohio State just quote me? Yeah, they did. Wow. They did. They didn't know it, but it was an unintentional quote. Did they cite me? No. And then Columbia University, they did a study just about telling kids how smart they are. Columbia did this study 
that said telling your child how smart they are actually can make them perform worse. No attention, recognition, or praise can result in unintentional emotional neglect. I mean, that's what I mean. We're talking too much is bad. Not enough is bad. At some point, we've got to address this in a balanced, factual, Mm -hmm. as you alluded to earlier, uh, a factual manner. So are we ready for solutions? Oh, I, I was born ready for solutions. Encouragement is one thing. Undeserved praise is another. I, I, when I think about encouragement and speaking into a child, the movie The Help comes to mind. When the, when the maid tells that little girl, you're kind, you're smart, you're important, and told her that every day. There is nothing wrong with that. That's not undeserved praise. Those are statements of fact. To say that someone's smart is not to say someone's the smartest. It just means you're cognitively able. Mm-hmm. To tell a kid that he's kind is an important thing, to, that you're important. Because you oh, that's factually correct. Even if you were thrown out of a car on the side of the road and abandoned, you are important because you're in the image of God. So that type of speaking truth into a child is not the same thing as unconditional praise. Yes, and I would say my first solution uh, would be to start exactly where you just left off. I think we have to uh, help our children understand through word and deed that they have inherent worth and value because they were created in the image of God. They did nothing for that, and therefore nothing can be taken away. And so it's not... Woe is me, you're terrible, I'm not going to praise you because I don't want you to have Mm self-inflated ego. It's you just, you have worth and value and you did nothing for it. So it's not this cause for an inflated ego, it's because of our Heavenly Father and Jesus' work on the cross. And so you're you're ascribing this worth and value and in a way, I guess, praising, but you're more or less, you're you're glorifying our Heavenly Father, Mm -hmm. you know, and praising His work and the value that that then gives your child. But secondarily, I think they have to understand that they're also rotten to the core. Correct. Which is why this unconditional praise really grates against a biblical view of who we are who, and who are sure. children. Sure. Yeah. Because if they, they have to understand that they're rotten to the core and that they're sinful for them to fully realize their need for Jesus. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think some of what we're getting today with just this, this constant barrage of praise to our kids that, that develops in our children this entitlement mentality— so much of it is 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 just the the changing times, you know. Look back to to my parents and and Beth, my wife, her parents. We we, we would laugh at, at her dad because it was, oh, did you did you enjoy the dinner? Well, I'm eating it, ain't I? You know, that that generation that said, you know, I'm not going to tell you I love you all the time. You know, I said it when we got married, and if I change my mind, I'll let you know. So there was that withholding praise, any praise. And again, that type of thing can lead to unintentional emotional neglect to just have this uh, no emotional intimacy or connection with your child uh, and going the, the extreme the other way. A couple of things for me, solution-wise, before we get out of here, is adjusting the amount of praise to the age of the child. When they're potty training and you know the hallelujah chorus goes off in the little plastic potty they're supposed to potty in, you know, everyone just goes crazy. Oh, that's so great. That's so, you're, you're making a huge deal over a bowel movement. Well, you're probably not going to be doing that when they're 13. 
But when they're baby toddlers, absolutely. You're trying to communicate with them your excitement and their brain kind of takes them over exact to understand kind of where we're coming from. So you adjust praise. The older a child gets, the more sophisticated, the more nuanced, the more specific and fact-based that praise becomes. It's no longer how great you are because you tied your shoes when you're 18. But that's very appropriate if they're four or five years old. And to that, you know, you, you brought up now a couple of times the, the factual praise. I know it might not seem like it, but you can factually praise your child at any moment. Yes, absolutely. You know, whether he's like my middle, my five-year-old, you know, he just wasn't gifted uh, in soccer. But we certainly can praise his effort. Yes, and so and how good he looks in the uniform. Exactly, because he is a close hound. <laughs> he is a close hound. So it's not, man. You're the you're the best on the field. Right. It's man. I'm I'm glad you tried, and I'm proud of you for doing that. Absolutely. And even if it's like, well, I got this failure to launch kid at home that absolutely does nothing but suck up air, energy, and money. You can still praise him and go, I am extraordinarily proud of you simply because you're mine. Yes. And that goes back to the inherent worth. Yeah. And so there is, there you are able to factually praise your child at any moment. And to realize that unconditional love and unconditional praise are not the same thing. I mean, sometimes I think when we, we just lavish this praise on kids, we think we're lavishing love on them, and we're not. Those are two very different things. We tell our children all the time, at, at any point in time, it's it's an unprovoked, an untriggered response to just tell your kid that you love them. You, you love them for no reason whatsoever. However, unconditionally loving somebody is not unconditionally lavishing praise on them. Praise is specific. Love, on the other hand, is more broad and unconditional. I love you because you're you. I think it was amazing that... You blocked that kid's shot on the goal. I'm praising you for th- for that. I'm praising you for your effort. This one guy named Coke wrote some study about something, and he said that because is a power word for parents. Uh, I think it's amazing that you did this because you did this. So I'm being very specific with what I'm praising you about. I'm not saying you're the best, you're the smartest, because then the, the parent starts believing their own press. And when a parent says they did something wrong, we take it up with the teacher because we think our kid's the greatest thing ever and never makes a mistake. So the last thing I would throw in is making sure that we are doing these random expressions of unconditional love to our kids. They need that. They need demonstrations of unconditional love more than they need to be praised because they showed up and got a participation trophy. You know, you want to talk about one of the Quickest ways to have our teenagers not trust us as parents is tell them that they're fantastic at something, and yet they go into the world and realize they're way far behind. Yes. And so it can absolutely lead to some parental distrust, and we see it time and time again in our counseling practice. As soon as there is mistrust from teen to parent, that's when behavioral issues ensue. So I love Alexander Pope, the, the quote that I led with is, Praise undeserved, listen to that, is satire in disguise. It's like, I'm saying you're the best, and I know you're not the best, but I'm saying it anyway. Like it's almost a bad joke. It's almost like making fun of you because I'm saying this when I know it's not true. And you're right, that that kind of 
that comes home to roost when they get old enough to figure this out. And why are you talking that way? Why are you saying that I'm best on the field when you and I both know and everyone else knows I'm not? Jimbo, you did a okay job today. You gave a lot of effort, but your content was kind of lacking. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll take that. How'd I do there? Very good. Very good. If you want more information about this episode or anything previously that we have produced, paradoxpodcast.com is our website. You can find us on our socials there. We're pretty much Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. It's Doc's Podcast for everything. Mine is Doc Josh Myers. Dad's is Doc Jimmy Myers. So it's all pretty uh, uniform, congruent and uniform. And check out the new Christian Parenting Podcast Network. Yep, so there's other great podcasts part of this network as well as just some great copying uh, website material. Yep. Great articles to read. Uh, they themselves do a podcast, and so check out Christian Parenting. We appreciate you guys listening. Hope you have a good rest of your day. See ya. For more information about the voice of the Paradox Podcast, Julie Lyles Carr, go to julielylescar.com. And if you want more details about what was discussed on today's show and find the archive of all our past shows, go to paradoxpodcast.com. <laughs>